0: I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to
1: Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. I still like giggle when you say Sarah Connell Sanders. Sarah Colonel Sanders. Yes.
0: Uh, We want to start by talking about Megxit. So much. I feel like the last two weeks have been crazy. And we were sort of like recovering from holidays and all this stuff. And now it's been an emergency. Basically, oh God, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna treat you like an expert witness <laughs> because I because I've decided to make myself one. Yeah, like I followed it already pretty carefully and then it's gone haywire. So, Meghan and Harry, ways. they announced
1: that they would like to carve out a progressive new role within the institution of the British monarchy. Mm. And they're going to step back as senior members of the British royal family. Yes. But my first question for you, my expert witness, is what is a senior
0: member? Like, what does this even mean? Like, am I a senior member of my family? Well, there is no... Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yes. What it's considered informally is, like, the queen, her children the Prince of Wales, who is Prince Charles, who was the heir, and then, like, his family. So it's basically, like, immediate family members of the sovereign, of the queen. So, like, right now, you would consider, like, the queen, Prince Philip, William and Kate, and then, like, up until now, I guess, like, Harry and Meghan, and then Prince Charles and his wife, Camilla, and then, like, peripherally, the queen's other children. So, like, Anne and Andrew, who's not really anymore. Right. Um, now, and then Prince Edward. was yeah. asked to step back because of a controversial <laughs> he interview. Have, he should have been excommunicated 10 years ago. I remember hearing about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein a long time ago and being like, this doesn't seem good. So there was an implication that he was involved <laughs> in underage. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's that whisper network of like, people have been kind of talking about that for a long time. He got divorced. I just trailed off there years to ago. Underage sexual assault. Yes. Yeah, Yeah.
1: basically. Yes. And that was obviously embarrassing for him, but here it seems like they're taking the reins, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. I know. As soon as I said it, yeah. and I also keep hearing the acronym HRH thrown around. What does that
0: mean? That's his or her royal highness. That's generally, so that's what's called a style. So there are titles and styles, and that's a style that's generally given to princes and princesses, and then it can be designated for, like, dukes and duchesses depending on who they are. Um, so they'll, like, retain those styles and they'll retain their titles as duke and duchess.
1: The funniest thing to me was that in the statement they said that they were working to
0: become financially independent Which is over wild. time.
1: Yeah. What do you think that they're going to do to
0: make money? I don't know. I So one of the things, I don't even know, I, I can't remember if I read this or I heard on the radio, was that this, someone was talking about Megan doing, like, voice work. Oh. Which I think would be really cool. I mean, she's mm-hmm. an actress. She's an actress, She's right. a real princess duchess. If I but... were to guess, I know that they want to be, like, mainly in the philanthropic arena, mm-hmm. but do, wouldn't it make sense for her or them to become, like, a lifestyle brand? Oh, yeah. That was what I was like, she's probably going to write a book. Like, well, I was thinking speaking engagements, books, mm-hmm. but then also, like – Maybe she'll run for office. Yeah, it's very possible. And that's something that I've heard floated. I follow um, Nicole Cliff is a writer. She writes her slate. She was a co-founder of The Toast and she's Canadian and she's just like she is like a at an absolute sponge of royal stuff. She cause she's both infatuated with it and she hates the monarchy. It's like a whole thing. But she was like, This, this, and this is gonna happen, and essentially floated the idea that like Harry becoming a citizen elsewhere would enable him to run for office there. So he may be interested in that as well.
1: Ah, It was very interesting. That brings me to my next question, actually. So they said they're going to split their time between Great Britain and North America. Yeah. But
0: why, why North America?
1: Why does everyone automatically assume Canada?
0: So I guess it was confirmed today that it will be Canada. And I think, I think that the major thing there is that Obviously, Megan is American. She grew up in California. I think it's a good compromise. I also think the really important thing about Canada is that it is part of the realm. So the Queen does rule over Canada. She is the sovereign of Canada in a very, you know, indirect way. But that would also be a way to enable them, I think, to be connected. Do you think the Queen expected this? Yeah, I think. So, yeah, they, right, this whole, the the statement came out. People are like, oh, my God, the whole... The queen and all of her people are flabbergasted. No, they're, they weren't. It's good PR for them to say, like, we had no idea. But there's no way, like, that this... They trade they trademarked their names and likenesses, like, last year, months ago. And it was uh, it's, was very clearly not flippant. Like, the statement wasn't. It's right. well thought out. So, like, people, they knew. I just... Yeah, I think that there was... They probably didn't know the extent of it, I would guess.
1: And how much do you think that his mother's death because she was in the limelight and she was harassed by paparazzi yeah. and a variety of other things. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you think that that has
0: weighed into his decision to have a complete one hundred and eighty? I think that it played a really big part. I think that that is kind of twofold. I think that that does play a huge role because he sees the opportunity as no longer in the direct, I mean, he's still in the line mm-hmm. of succession, but he's like seventh now. Like he's, or no, still though, right? Hold on. <laughs> it's going to take... Is it seventh. Yeah. Someone's seventh. Anyways, he's far enough away where he saw the opportunity to say, I don't need to be where my brother is. And I do think that that was definitely a consideration for him. I honestly think that like William thinks that way too, but he also, he's grown up as the heir. Mm-hmm. So he always was in the mindset of knowing that.
1: Can you imagine that being your identity? <laughs> no. <laughs> what pressure... And then also understanding yeah. that it's just completely a social construct right. in many ways. It's not
0: a real thing. Um, but I think I think that's a big part of it. And then I think that the particular person that he married was the is the other part. Like Megan dealing with what she deals with. I mean, like, they're fed up. The mm-hmm. British press is super racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like straight up. And there are so many articles where like They will they've harassed her about her fit, her relationship to her family, her relationship to like Kate and all of these things. And then there are also times where there are just like they'll put them side by side her and Kate and just be like, here's how they're different. And here's how Kate's better. Just comparing one of them unfavorably to the the other. And I think they're over it. But I think that that is something different where like if he married, for instance, like Chelsea Davy, who's his like old girlfriend from college, who he was with for a long time, like they wouldn't run into that. Mm -hmm. She's like a white British South African. Maybe this wouldn't be the case.
1: Speaking of press, though, Mm -hmm. I also keep hearing the term the Royal
0: Rota. They've stepped away from the Royal Rota. The Royal
1: Rota. What is the Royal Rota?
0: The Royal Rota is basically like the White House press corps. Mm. So like there's a specific pool of people, pool of journalists that are like allowed access to exclusives. And like that's essentially what it is. I would liken it to be like, yeah, it's the White House press corps. But yeah, I think that's really funny. So now they can you. talk to the New York Times if they want to. I mean, I think they could have I guess like, right? But right. It's a different level of transparency where they're like, we don't wanna to have to go through. Oh. So they're actively inviting Seems people like, into
1: certain parts of their lives when they sign on to the Royal Rhoda and they say, Okay, yes, here are the
0: events we will be at. You have at access to the exclusion of other folks. So yeah, I think right. that's true. I think it's interesting because in some ways they want to be, they want to step away, but I also think that they, we might see more of them. Is there anything else that we need to know about the Megxit? I think the only thing that I would look out for is with their stepping back and even with Andrew's sort of like fall from, I don't even know how much Gracie had because his divorce was an absolute disaster um, from Sarah Ferguson. But His daughters, Beatrice and Eugenie, are sort of hip. They've lived in the United States on and off. They're not senior members, as we would consider. But I think that they are going to be used more as surrogates. Um, It's funny because I've heard them mocked or called, like, the ugly
1: stepsisters. Yeah, because they grew up. for them to become these posh figureheads all of a sudden would be
0: surprising. in Vogue. Yeah, but they, um, I mean... They, it turns out, have great personalities and they're and they're funny, and they wear cool clothes. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of get a little push. Gotcha. Yeah. So
1: I also noticed that the Oscar nominations came out yesterday, and you had a <laughs> lot of
0: thoughts. Well, they were mostly just things I wanted to remember. I will post some pictures of these like hilarious notes that I have. Please do. Just like here are the notes. They get obviously <laughs> less and less as like the categories get like stupider and more stupider, obscure. But- well, my immediate reaction was <laughs> justice for JLo. Lo. Yeah, I think that's. I don't think you're alone. Uh, it's J Lo. I think um, the two big ones are like J Lo and Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. People are pissed about Adam Sandler, and I am too. <laughs> Yeah. I think I've heard some really well thought out arguments too about the idea that like when someone like Jayla, who men who people have seen for her career basically as like a set sex object and a celebrity. Like right, she's and not a celebrity. viewed as
1: an actress, she's not viewed yeah. as a singer, she's viewed as a celebrity. I Even mean, though she's all of
0: those. Um, <laughs> exactly. But when she took that persona and almost went like, it's almost like postmodernism in this film where she like took that persona and then was like, yeah, but guess what we're going to do with it. Right. Where Mm -hmm. she like, was still she was a sex worker
1: right sucks (laughs) well it sucks and certainly because the academy has been making all these announcements that they were going to try to be more inclusive and here once again you have white men dominating like what narratives are worthy of this prestigious
0: award right and it's the actors branch in particular where in the past few years the lists that they've been releasing of who's invited now you're like oh cool like it's all these young people but like the bulk of it is still just these like 79 year old white dudes yeah, so I looked, because I was curious.
1: I'm like, who is the Academy? It mm-hmm. says the organization is 68% male and
0: 84% white. That is so much better than it literally was like three years ago, too. Yeah, which is the and the crazy they were part.
1: Gloating about
0: it, practically. Yeah, like, ooh, look at us. Right, making gains. But um, now, there was only one black actor nominated, right? Yeah. Cynthia Erivo was nominated for Harriet, which is great. Um, <laughs> she's a Tony Award winner. She's an amazing actress, but... It is a very frequent trope that the Academy really likes black people when they play slaves or when they play maids or housekeepers and they don't really care if they're playing someone else. So like someone like Lupita Nyong'o in Mm -hmm. Us, whose performance is insane. She plays two, she essentially plays two characters who are like wildly different from one another. She studied ways to change her voice But no, they also hate horror. It's like a whole, it's many systems working against all these people. (laughs) So Um, do you want
1: to run through any other categories that you were particularly excited about?
0: See, that's the problem is like, what was there to be excited about? Well,
1: I (laughs) was pissed about this. The directorial disclusion of women. Is that even a word? I don't don't think so, but... did not you just say exclusion? (laughs) I just like alliteration. Yeah. Yes, the exclusion of women in the best director category, Mm -hmm. particularly little
0: women. Greta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was interesting because I thought for sure she got nominated last year, Mm -hmm. and that was like a big deal. I do think that in the director category, Bang Jun ho is the first Korean to ever be nominated of any gender and I think that that's really exciting and he's a genius he made a movie called Snowpiercer that came out a couple years ago that's really really good so I thought that was really cool but that was one thing I think that people were a little miffed about is that Parasite got eight nominations it's Mm -hmm. it's a huge thing for a South Korean film especially a South Korean film in a different language to be nominated and none of the actors were nominated and um Someone pointed out on Twitter, they said, you know, Parasite being nominated in technical categories and for best picture and best director, but not being nominated in the actor court category still speaks to like how people view the humanity, American people view the humanity of Korean people or Asian people at large. And I thought that was an interesting take on it because like we saw the other day, our friend... Aquafina. Aquafina. I was so pumped. Yeah, <laughs> she won a Golden Globe, the
1: first Asian American woman to win Best Actress, and oh, huge.
0: Oh, yeah, I think she's incredible. I think she's great. I wish that she would have taken the opportunity when she kind of first popped up, though, to change her name back. Because, <laughs> like, that was her rap persona. Right. Her name is Nora Lum, which I also think is like a really cool a good afternoon. It's, it's kind of old school to me. Mm-hmm. Like I think like in the 1940s, like Nora alone <laughs> um, But yeah, I do think that there were some things to be excited about. Best picture. I think everything was kind of like, nothing was surprising, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like run of the mill stuff. And I've enjoyed a lot of the best yeah. nominees. Right. They're not, it's just like, it's just frustrating. I know. Um, But Florence Pugh for best. For supporting for supporting Little Women. actress.
1: Yes. I thought she stole the show and I might have mentioned already how much I loved Little Women and how mm-hmm. much Greta Gerwig made it into a movie about women and money, which is not how I read the book as a 12 yeah. year old girl, but it's how I view it now. And it's oh my God. she just did such a wonderful job coming mm-hmm. at it with them grown as women and then looking back in time and having multiple timelines function in a way that really complemented one another and told a story about how female writers can exist and
0: fight for themselves and advocate for themselves because it is a linear story told in the book Mm -hmm. and so she also took some of louise may alcott's letters Yes, so it wasn't just which is really cool Mm -hmm. she said in an interview that when louise
1: may alcott wrote the book, she already had all this emotional baggage and she was writing from a place of nostalgia. And when you go in a linear fashion and read it, you don't appreciate the characters as you encounter them. And some of them just come out of the blue, like Mr. Bear at the end, or when cool. Lori and Amy get together, you're like, wait what? a second, where did that come <laughs> yeah. from? And so the way that the movie was framed was so smart and it brought Amy to life. So to have Florence Pugh
0: recognized mm-hmm. for her performance is a beautiful thing. Yeah. To come full circle there. I do think people were frustrated. they because Mm Midsummer, which she is the star of, also came out last year. And I think she really had, like, a banner year between the two. And I think that's another genre thing that the Academy has, where, like, that's obviously a horror film. It's obviously over-the-top, sort of. Um, It's very violent. It was, like, a generation-making performance where people were like, oh, my God, like, this girl... And this came out also like in May, but the Academy just has these problems where they don't see horror or comedy or, Mm -hmm. you know, but the whole thing. I mean, it's a systematic, it's a systematic thing. I also think it's really interesting to make a distinction because some people were saying, well, Antonio Banderas was nominated for Best Actor, which I'm really, really excited about. I love Antonio (laughs) Banderas. So that actually was very exciting for me. And so they were putting him in as people of color and as a person of color with um, Cynthia Erivo, but really like he's Spanish, he's European. And so it is really like the distinction is there where it's like, yeah, you have, you really have Cynthia Erivo as like the sole person who is playing a slave again, right. which sucks. What am I looking at? I know there's so many things I don't remember. This is awesome. Oh, the screenplay nominations are cool and they always this screenplay they tend to use often as a way to be like but look at us we did nominate this so like for instance like knives out was nominated for best original screenplay which is awesome and it honestly because what they like to do is they like to reward movies and screenplay if they are like forget about them elsewhere so like it very well could win because they're like well sorry like you deserve something you had a writer but they do like to kind of—that's usually or often where they kind of go a little progressive. So I thought that that was funny. But they do use that a lot. I think that the animated feature category is very interesting. The miss, uh, missing link is the film that won best animated feature at the Golden Globes. It's like a story about like a s- s- sasquatch <laughs> who has these two humans basically find him, and they're like, "We're gonna help you find your like family." Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a fantasy. And it's stop motion, and I think that is a big deal because everything is CGI now. Mm -hmm. So for something to be hand-drawn or stop motion, that's kind of big. It got amazing reviews. People said it was a really special film. It made no money. It made like $26 million at the box office, which sounds like a lot to you or me. Right. But But especially with the time commitment of a crew to do stop motion, I can only imagine how much. Up against, right. It's like nothing for an animated film. But yeah, there was just like – and then there was just little interesting things like Honeyland is a film that was nominated for the first time ever in both Best Documentary Feature and Best International Film, which used to be Best Foreign Film. They call it Best International Feature now. So that is a very cool story. It's from North Macedonia. So like where you – I think we always think like where are the international films going to be nominated from? Or like France, you know, France, Spain, Italy. So that's really cool. And just a few other things like – 1917 is a sort of a frontrunner. It's a World War One film. It is filmed to seem like one continuous take. Yes. It did not get nominated for best film editing. And this is this is like an oldie that I'm pulling out from like when I was like 16, and I used to like really watch watch the Oscars. And by that I mean like forecast them. <laughs> so I was like very <laughs> cool in high school. And um, film editor has historically been like a, or film editing has been a great predictor for picture. So I thought it was really interesting that it wasn't nominated because I feel like I think it's less of a big deal now than it was up until like 2006. But like, it's kind of a big deal. One thing too is Saoirse Ronan is nominated again. She mm-hmm. plays Joe in Little Women. This is her fourth nomination. She is 25 years old. She's incredible. Everything I see her in yeah. I love. And It's funny. I was just talking to someone a couple weeks ago who was like, I don't think she's a good actor. <gasps> and it was at arms and our friend katie i think it was katie and i were like oh my god i just started like yelling things <laughs> at him it was really funny though we were like have you seen this have you seen this the first thing i saw her in was brooklyn and yeah. i was hooked mm-hmm. that was one of them yeah so that i think is special there are She's certain things so deeply likable and relatable yeah and even like one of my favorite things about her speaking of Is, like, seeing her in real life on red carpets, Mm -hmm. and even when she has a lot of makeup on, her, like, skin isn't really very good. And you can see it a lot in Lady Bird, but I'm always just like, huh, stars, they're just like us. Just like us. Yeah. I thought that that, I always think that that's, like, interesting when I notice that about people.
1: Speaking of epic stars, we should touch base on Golden Globes real quick. Yeah. I... I know that Brad Pitt is problematic for a variety of reasons, but when he gave his speech and he was like, LDC, yeah. I would have let you on the raft oh or God. whatever. And he was referencing his co-star Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and his, what was it? 1996,
0: 1994. What's Titanic?
1: Seven. 97. Came, came out in 97. Yeah. His film in which <laughs> Leonardo, Leonardo, Leo. LDC. Just say LDC. LDC <laughs> gives up his, his spot name. on the raft, the floating door, yeah. for the love for of his life, life. And then dies a terrible icy death in the ocean. They're
0: best friends now.
1: Oh, my God. Had anyone ever called him LDC before? Or was I this had like- never
0: heard it. And I like it because it reminds me of that line in a Sublime song where he refers to Long Beach as the LBC, Long Beach City. So I just think of it as, like, 90s, like... Beach ska. And man, Brad, for your 50s, he's looking Well, he's sober.
1: Amazing. Oh,
0: yeah, what? he that's talked about
1: too. <laughs> it is. It's
0: great. I think that's it's really good for him. But I think that's part of it is like he looks amazing. Glowing. Um, and he said, yeah, he credited Bradley Cooper with like being very helpful to him with wow. that, which I found interesting.
1: One more bit of LBC news. Did you hear? He saved a life. He was on his yacht. And he found a man who was drowning and yes. had been treading water for 11 hours in the ocean. He Eleven pulls him into his yacht. I, the man must have been like thought he was delirious. And Can you imagine? Man. You <laughs> think you're going to die. You've been treading water for 11 hours and Leonardo DiCaprio pulls you out. Where was this?
0: I don't know. That's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just like. I don't know why it's not a bigger my, story. Yeah. I want to know more because that reminds me of um, in the 90s. Harrison Ford, like, rescued—Harrison Ford's a pilot for fun, and he, like, rescued some people who were, like, stranded on a mountain.
1: Stars. They're just, like—no, they're (laughs)
0: superheroes. Stars are even less like us than we thought. Uh, But they're timely. Tell me about Tom Hanks. Oh, my God, Tom. Oh, that was exciting, too. Sorry. Tom Hanks is nominated for an Oscar for the first time in 19 years. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't this... You're it's weird, because I just crazy. watched that montage
1: when he was getting this. Yeah. What is it? Cecil... It's the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Yeah. And
0: um, and so I just have all of his achievements fresh in my mind. Right. I think that Captain Phillips came out not too long ago. That was the one I think people were like, how did you not... How did you miss this one? His performance in that is a lot (laughs) it's like (laughs) I remember being like oh yeah this movie's good and then the last 15 minutes like will break you like absolutely just like tear you apart um yeah I was so excited about that what's your favorite Tom Hanks movie um probably a league of their own no catch catch me if you can I like catch me if you can too I think that my favorite is still you've got mail (laughs) I just love it so much and sleepless
1: in Seattle I love them both it's strange now too because you've got mail was so much a part of the lexicon at some point in my life. You've got mail. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, he gave like a great speech it. and he said, "Show up on time," and I thought that that was you know a really grounding moment for everybody. Mm-hmm. But Michelle Williams also gave oh, a speech the that best. stole the show.
0: She gives. She's. I just want her to like talk into my ears.
1: <laughs> it feels she's a little so beautifully rehearsed, but I always appreciate that over someone getting up there and being like, "I didn't think I was going to win." Yeah.
0: Oh, Renee's Oh, I loved Renee's. Speech. Oh my! God. But I love all of Renee's speeches. Her southern accent always comes out, which I love. She just seemed so flummoxed. I think she was. I don't think. I think she went. She went away mm-hmm. and was like, "Okay, I'm done." Because mm-hmm. that's what she wasn't told that outright. But I think that that is what. She was like, "Okay, she's not finished. She like, had aged out of Hollywood. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And is. I think she thought, yeah, I think she, it. I think she felt uncomfortable because mm-hmm. she's she just hasn't been there in so long. Yeah, Michelle. But the speech she gave the last at the Emmy Awards was beautiful too. Mm-hmm. And I think you." bring up a good point where it like feels rehearsed I think she just is like one of those really thoughtful people though Mm -hmm. who like I think she does put a lot of thought into things but yeah I thought that was really special she said vote with your own interest in mind Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really powerful but then
1: Twitter erupted saying like well black women are voting with their own interest in mind and
0: 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump right Mm -hmm. so it's like they're like maybe you should think about it that way That white women are a big part of the problem. Yeah, we need to actually vote in our own self-interest instead of in the interest of, like, white supremacy. But I think that that's okay. Like, I think it's important to make a powerful speech, and I think it's okay to then, like, critique it in a meaningful way, you know?
1: Agreed. Yeah. And Busy Phillips, all of her reactions, I really love. It's kind of weird because I know Michelle Williams was married— then quickly got divorced, yeah. became
0: pregnant, and yeah. now is engaged to the father of her to, child. To Tommy Cale, who is the director of Hamilton. Oh. oh he, so he was there. He worked on Fosse Burden. Oh. Yeah, I had no idea that they were dating or that she was pregnant. Happened real fast. Yeah, it did. And then her best friend, Busy Phillips, has
1: traditionally gone on the red carpet with her, so I wasn't sure what she was going to do. They were all there. Yeah. A big happy family. It was lovely. Do you think she's like, can I have an extra plus one? How does it work?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he was invited on his own. I can't imagine that he would have been... Oh, yeah, because it was the Golden Globes. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense, like, because he was the director of her show. I don't know. That's a good question. My only other Golden Globes comment is Gwyneth Stress.
1: I read a great New York Times piece that just said it was such a foil to what she wore for Shakespeare in Love in 1999, which was like this pink cotton candy Ralph Lauren that did not fit. (laughs) It drives me crazy. And that was the Harvey Weinstein era, and then this time she had this like Fendi woven brown number that showed off her body, even though she's an older woman, and she hid the jewels beneath the dress. There was just a lot going on where I said, this is her personal style oh yeah the other one she looks like a present dressed up I absolutely
0: agree right where because she's well she's also like she doesn't have to campaign anymore right She's they're just like oh that's her I liked that dress kind of it was like sort of ugly and I like was like into it I can't stop thinking about it that's the whole point (laughs) right yeah I really liked that she Um, also has
1: a new lifestyle show I think it's on Netflix this week so I feel like she wanted to show off yeah well did you know about the
0: candle no She is releasing a candle that is scented like her nether region. <laughs> <gasps> what? Yes. Oh, my God. And it, like, sold out. People were like, I gotta have it. Of course I mean, the because people were it's not. weird. Yeah. yeah. She, oh, my yeah. God. That's so wild. I think it's funny, though. I feel like she sort of, like, looped around where it was like, Goop was sort of, like, earnest at first. Because it was really, it was just like that newsletter. And then it turned into this whole big joke of like, what are you doing? But now it's almost like back on itself where like, I think she's in on the joke.
1: Yeah. Okay. I want to <laughs> retract my reaction because I feel like at first I was like, she's so self-absorbed that she thinks that the smell of her own vagina is something she should market to the masses. Yeah. And then it occurred to me that this is kind of a stigmatized
0: topic. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know. She's awesome. I don't know. I mean, she's funny. Like, if you watch her on just interacting with people on TV shows, mm-hmm. she doesn't come across the way that she does generally. I totally agree. Yeah. I love interviews with her.
1: I like yeah. when she interviews people. She has a she group podcast. She's fun to
0: hang out with.
1: And she seems to have a really clear mind and a good head on her shoulders. But then you see her come out with something like this like, What are you doing? I wonder if she's just trying to be like, the female body is a natural part of our universe. Accept it and embrace it. Or maybe she's just a weirdo. I don't know. There are a lot of things that I don't want to smell in a candle, though, that I accept in my life.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, another, just one more, like, funny Gwyneth thing is, like, she has this, it's become sort of like a meme, like, this running thing of, she has no idea which Marvel movie she's, like, been in. She just, like, shows up. So, like, I think she, like, is very aware that she was in, like, Iron Man's 1, 2, and 3. Those were, like, very clear cut. But, like, after that, she's just, like, I don't know, Rob, Robert was there. Like, Robert Tenet Jr. <laughs> so, she did uh, one of the Avengers Infinity War and she was like, I was in that. And John Favreau, she was on the chef show, was like, yeah, we were in that together. <laughs> so I was like, no idea. So then um, Zendaya wore a beautiful, like, really cool sculpted, like, elastic bodice. We need to post that. And that's yeah. at the Critics' Choice Awards. Yes, with, like, box braids. But it was really cool. It was, like, hot pink. And Gwyneth had worn it on the cover of a magazine. And so she posted and was like, I'm so excited to finally to, like, say I have something in common with Zendaya. And Ira Madison III, he's a writer uh, who is the host of a podcast called Keep It, commented, you were both, when you're both in Spider-Man. Because, <laughs> like, they are both in Spider-Man. She has no idea. But that time I was wondering if maybe she did have the idea. So now <laughs> I don't know. Gwyneth, are you playing a joke on yourself? We can't stop talking
1: about this. She's smarter than everyone. She is. She's okay. a marketing master.
0: Yeah. She's some kind of genius. Wow. Well, this has been your pop culture update. Yes. I'm sorry that I talked so much, everyone. That's what we needed. <laughs> I
1: just needed an expert to answer all of my Get questions. Get it all out.
0: <laughs> Molly, this is
1: why you're perfect for this job. Thank you. It's not my job but I wish it was but Tom Hanks (laughs) told me that everyone should be on time and I know you have to be at arms we in 10 minutes
0: so I will let you go Tom Hanks was speaking literally specifically to me
1: okay one more side (laughs) note I know what's his wife's name Rita Rita was tweeting all afternoon that her hairstylist was late and her makeup artist was late and she was pissed and she was like publicly shaving them so then I started to think is this a really nice speech about work ethic
0: or is he publicly shaming Oh my god, I didn't even think of that The stylists Or was that not even true? She looked beautiful She did So uh, now I wonder if it was all like a preview
1: Ah, they were
0: creating a narrative They were working together Food for thought Yeah, I think that's it <laughs> <laughs> I have been Sarah And I've been Molly And this is Poppet. Poppet.